Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Pachalis, and we are super excited. I told you this week we had an awesome lineup of collegiate athletes, and it just continues. Uh, this is the third one this week, and uh, someone who, again, is a standout soccer player. We haven't had too many soccer players on here, uh, so it's great to be able to have uh, someone on here who is uh, a standout, is tremendous, um, and also overcome injury, overcome a serious uh, injury. And again, with our, with our boys over at Exceed, uh, that we kind of had this connection uh, with one another has been great. So um, someone who played Division One collegiately, uh, transferred. We're going to talk about the transfer portal today, which is like awesome. I love talking about that. It's like one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and, and we'll have some fun. So without further ado, and I'm looking at it celebrically here, uh, from SNU, Southern New Hampshire University, Nita Orloff. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? How's everything? All right. Good. All right. Cool. Cool. So I want to jump into your love and falling in love with your sport. I mean, obviously you're a standout, you're a division one soccer player. I mean, that's tremendous division one in any sport is division one. So let's just talk about your love for your sport a little bit, how you got into it. Uh, and then obviously where did you start noticing that you were not just pretty good, but you were maybe standing out a little bit in what you were doing? So I remember starting soccer when I was like five or six and I was terrible. Like I <laughs> would run the opposite direction and I would shoot in the wrong net. And my parents were like, oh my God, like she's fast, she's athletic, but like, why can't she just like comprehend like soccer? So I played for a little bit, but I wasn't like really into it. And I was just like lackadaisical, just like doing whatever. So my parents were like, okay, like maybe we'll try a different sport. So I tried some other sports and they're like, maybe we can go back to soccer. So I went back to soccer and then I just like picked up on it so quick. I think I was like 10 years old when they re like when they put me back into soccer and I was like flying, like I would score goals and my dad's like, okay, like she looks like she'll be good at soccer. Like let's continue soccer. So I played town soccer for a little bit and I just like did really well. And a coach on the other team one time saw me and was like, Oh, like, are you interested in playing club? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but like, sure. Like I love soccer. Let's play. Yeah. So I joined like a small club team and I had the best coach ever. He literally made me into the player I am today. Like I learned and I was just so eager to learn. Cause like, I knew I was good. Like I was fast. Like I was strong. I was physical, like aggression. It was all there. And my dad and me just kind of like both knew I had what it takes to play soccer for a while so I just continued to work at it I ended up switching clubs as I got older and I got picked up to ECNL which was like the highest you can go for like girls soccer and I was about I was a freshman in high school so I was probably like 15 14 or 15 and I played like at the really high level and I was going against girls from like California like all these different like big clubs and I'd go to showcases in like San Diego Florida now, like, how old yeah. were these girls comparably to your age? Or so you're they were they were my like age. They were like U sixteen oh, wow. or like U seventeen because that's how it works. But so I just like did I bounced from different clubs when I was younger, and then I finally got picked up for the ECNL team, and then I did really well with all those girls. Like my team was amazing. Like half those girls play at, like Wake Forest, like big schools, and like oh. we would travel a lot. And I knew like I really liked soccer, so. After that, like the traveling got to be a little bit too much. Like I had to sacrifice a year of high school soccer to play in the academy league, which I didn't know. 
so I missed my sophomore year of high school soccer, which kind of hurt me, but Oh man, hurt. your coach must have been so mad. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And like it's just like different, like in high school, like you like want to play for your school and like when you're good too, like you just like it just feels good to like play for your school and like play with yeah. all your friends that you grew up with. So it was definitely like I was definitely really sad, but the commitment I made to play uh in the academy team like really helped out with me with colleges. Like I would travel three times a week to um some part of Boston. I don't know, but it was an hour and 45. So I'd come home right from school, eat, do my homework, and my dad would come home right from work 3:30 and we would go straight to I forgot what part of Boston, but like deep Boston. And we would get oh. cut in traffic. Like it was just a lot. But I would get there, practice at 6:30. It goes to like about 8:45. And then we would come home. And we'd come home at like 11 or 12. And then I would shower, eat, and then go to bed at like one. And that would be my like life for like three days a week practices. And then on the weekends, I wouldn't be able to really do much because I would either be in like Pennsylvania for two games, Saturday and Sunday, we'd stay in a hotel or I'd be in North Carolina or New York. And then some days it was a home weekend, but I still like would never really do like the things that high schoolers would do. Cause like I was sacrificing like a lot for soccer. Cause I knew like my like financial situation, everything at home, like and the like talent that I had, like I could do something with it. And my dad has always like pushed me and like kind of like made me realize like, hey, like you can do something with soccer. Like it's up to you whether or not you want to do because yeah. like, yeah. How how were your grades like in high school or just like growing up in school? So I remember when I was little, someone told me like, oh, like if you're really good at sports, like your grades don't have to be that great. And I was like, right. okay. <laughs> I think so I've heard I, that too. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who told me that, but I wish I never did because it ended up being like a lot of the schools like I really wanted to go to like UMass Amherst or Holy Cross. Like my grades were just like not there because I was just like, I was doing really well in soccer. Like those schools looked at me for like soccer, like and all that but my grades just weren't there so they weren't bad they were like definitely like b's and c's and then maybe i can throw in an a but like they weren't like usually like how girls nowadays are like super strict with their grades because like that's huge when it comes with recruitment yeah. so i wish i never got told that at a young age because that would have really helped me out with like a lot of the schools that like i really like really wanted to go to but end up it ended up all working out the way it should be but they my grades weren't bad but like they definitely could have been better because yeah. like i just well, like grinded yeah. soccer and i wish sometimes i just like also grinded my grades like as hard as i did soccer because it would have just equaled out way better yeah and i think that you know but that's also hard like realistically if you're going to yeah. tournaments and you're traveling all over the place to do that stuff there's yeah. no knock on that i mean from the flip end right like there are some people who as much as you work in hard and grind at what you were doing with soccer, like some people do that in the books and that's okay, but mm -hmm. you have a balance. Like you don't have to be perfect at everything, but if you're really good at a lot of things, then like who, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and you still being able to obviously play collegiately at a high level in division one and still get, Oh yeah. My grades are definitely good now. Like I yeah. mean, good above 3.1. Yeah. GPA, which is I wish that. Yeah. Because you have a full-time job on top of a full-time job being a student athlete. Like you mm -hmm. have obviously, like you said, a requirement in the classroom to uphold, you know, your end of the bargain as far as your GPA or what you need to have to be eligible. And obviously to get a degree. I mean, that's kind of the biggest part of being in school too, is that you always no, have that degree. So 
Um, that's awesome. That's great. And so for you, when you were in high school and obviously you begin to excel and know that you were playing, I mean, even to the point that you missed a year of high school, like you said, and you're playing in all of these tournaments and all these highly competitive leagues with people your age or even a little bit older, what in like the high school world for you, like when did like the recruiting process for you that you started getting maybe looks from schools or starting to talk from schools or in some cases and some athletes I asked this question to maybe weren't getting the looks that they thought they would be at that point. Like what did it look like for you junior senior year as far as that went? So I definitely started way early than most people because I feel like my dad was always like he went to a bunch of like recruiting like meetings and stuff that like coaches would hold and he would go and sit and like listen like my dad has been like probably my biggest help with recruiting like I wouldn't have been able to do it without my dad like he seriously like pushed me I'm, I remember my freshman year like once I joined that really good team and we would go to like college showcases and there'd be like 40 coaches on sidelines we would send out like a bunch of emails and stuff and my dad was like really always like come on, like, let's go. So like I started my freshman year of high school, which was like really young, but there was also girls on my team who were already committed as a freshman in high school. So I felt like I was a little like behind, but I also like was very like ahead for my age, I feel. But I started looking like touring colleges and stuff more so my end of like the end of my sophomore year of high school when I was like playing academy and like I wasn't playing high school but I was at all these showcases and I would get emails and I'd be like okay like we're in the area like let's go check out these schools and stuff and like my school that I really liked was I loved Holy Cross like I would go to all their camps like I because I live in Leicester it's like right there and like it would have been perfect like it's right near my house like and my dad's always really like that school too and I knew the coach as well and like I just always had a good time there. So that was like my number one school. But when we like talked some things over, like my grades, like uh, even though I was still young and like I had a couple years ahead, like my grades were just kind of like, just like the elephant in the room a little bit, I'd say. But I was committed to Merrimack my junior year. So I kind of committed a little bit early. Like I feel like I could have maybe waited off a little bit, but I knew that I kind of had to go to a school that gave me like the absolutely the absolute like most money I could get because like my family like financially like couldn't really afford it like with stuff so I remember I really based it off of like how much money I can get like the environment the coaching staff like I put everything like into play when I decided and I feel like I could have I wish I was a little bit older when I was doing it because I could have expanded out to different states. Like I was kind of like, I felt like a little homebody and I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't want to go to Florida. It's too hot. But like now I would love to go play in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kind of went to like stay close to home. So like my parents could come watch me play. And like, so I feel like now if I was to like think about schools and stuff, I would venture out to like different states and like go on more tours out of state rather than in state. Yeah. But yeah. That's great advice, I think, because there are there is that aspect. I mean, that is a reality of some people wanting to be closer to home for many different reasons. I know myself going yeah. to college, I prefer to be closer to home myself. And uh, some people prefer that. And that maybe shuts off maybe different avenues as far oh, as. For sure. And, and, and I else. wish I kind of like grew out of that 
because like now I grew out of it and like when I went to Merrimack I was like oh like this is a little too small for me like I wish I like ventured off to like a bigger school like a like UMass Amherst or like just a bigger school because like I just felt like I was kind of in like high school again and I was like oh like see like I kind of grew from my freshman year of high school mentality from like five years later and now I'm like I don't really want to stay that close to home like you know yeah so it's definitely like something you grow out of yeah and like so and and obviously for you like Merrimack is you know obviously division one or is really starting to become division one in a lot of sports and wants Mm -hmm. that you know they're doing their facilities and everything else and um but it is a small campus i mean it's not like a, your typical division one kind of campus so mm-hmm. um yeah so for you i mean if you don't mind talking like and i think this is important for the, especially the type of the audience that we have that listen you obviously were at a school and change is hard in any aspect of life like change is hard when you move out of a place that you live or change is hard when a relationship ends or change is hard when, um, you know, you have a new boss, like whatever it is, change can be really hard. Um, and for you, you're at a program, you, you get recruited there, you feel like it's home. Um, and after a few years, you kind of reevaluate maybe being there for many different reasons and you don't have to go into any of it, but, um for you just talk about maybe making that decision because that's not easy sometimes people just get comfortable and they stay in their little bubble of where they're at and they kind of get bitter if they're not playing or not getting what they think and or trying to go out and find your value and say I know what I'm worth and I know what I put into what I do and I want to showcase it and and do something different so talk about that a little bit for you if you don't mind just kind yeah, of, of course. The process So my freshman year going in, it was obviously a little weird because it was COVID. So we would have to wear masks at practice and like practices were like super just like not normal because obviously of COVID, like we barely played games. I think we played like five games in the spring. Like we didn't have a fall season. Like practices were constantly like getting shut down because like our team would get COVID. So it wasn't like a true freshman year and like we didn't even do our fitness test or anything because like it was just all mumble jumble. So I like took it with a grain of salt because I was like all right it's COVID year like everyone's feeling probably uncomfortable like whatever it's probably not just me so then I played summer soccer in the summer and then I went into my sophomore season there and I did find a preseason like I started like looking like myself like I remember towards the end of my freshman year I played in like a couple games but I just was like I don't feel like myself like I'm not playing how I used to and I just like kind of gave the excuse that like, oh, like maybe it's just because of like COVID, like everyone's just overwhelmed, whatever. And then going to my sophomore year, I got way more comfortable with like my teammates and everything, my coaches. And I started to like play a little bit more of how I used to play and feel more comfortable. And then it kind of got to a point where I like didn't understand, like I felt like sometimes like I was, how would I word that? Like, I just felt like I had like a mental block and I don't know why I couldn't perform the way I, I knew that there was some reasons behind it that I won't like say, but I knew that a part of me was just like so confused with how I was playing and that was like hindering my mental health and like my athletic performance. Cause like after a game, like I played a lot in 
beginning of my sophomore season, like I would start games and then things would just like start to happen. And I would get so confused. Cause like, even though I was like working hard, like I was like, why is that not come? Like, why is that not happening for me? So it was during like half this half my sophomore season that I started to see things kind of like go downhill, like my mental health, like my athletic performance. Like I just, I don't, I just felt like there was like a block. Like I couldn't go past it. Like I would have meetings with my coach. Like I was very close with my team, but like, I just couldn't understand why I couldn't play like how I used to like understanding that I did go into the program with an understanding of how they play with like how like their soccer style is. But mm-hmm. when I, it when it came my sophomore year, that's when I really realized like the soccer style at this school like really doesn't fit me like I'm used to like really technical like passing and foot skills and dribbling and like this school is more of like a kick and run for my position so I was like that's where I started to see like a little bit of like a disconnect and like that was like really eating away at me because I've never learned to play soccer like that for like the years I've played so like having to try to make myself like turn into a player that I'm not was like very mentally draining and like it may sound so like stupid but like it actually had like the worst effect on me like I would be so like inconsistent with my games and like so hard on myself and like I just it was really hard knowing that I was like obviously recruited for the school like I got a great load of money like I was like told I was gonna be an anchor for my class but then I just like felt so lost on the soccer field which was never ever an issue for me like that's where I would usually go to like help out with like all my stress and like everything so I remember sitting down with my dad and like my dad was also like really frustrated about my situation because like he knew like what out my like what my value was like what I've shown like the colleges that have like reached out to me and like he knew I should be like playing at like this level but like things were just not working out at this program for me so I like would come home all the time talk to my dad and like kind of be in tears about it because I'm like dad like I don't feel like myself here. Like, I don't know why I'm playing like this. Like I've seen myself play better. And like, it was just, it was like me versus me. Yeah. And changing his style is not easy. I mean, like I'm a football coach, like you have a quarterback who comes in and an offense that you're throwing the ball all the time and they have a mediocre arm. Like Mm -hmm. that style doesn't fit them. Like how can they perform to their highest level if you're not playing to their level, playing to their, you know, what their talent is. So Mm -hmm. I understand that. And for you continue like talking about that and meet with your father. Like when did you realize and say, Hey, I'm not going to grow as a soccer player here. Maybe I need to look into a program that is more stylistic for me or just a complete change in scenery uh, as far as falling back in love with the game a little bit. How how did that go for you? Yeah, so it was definitely tough because obviously my dad's been like my biggest supporter for soccer. And he just like, it's not like I was quitting, but to me and to like him and I both, like it felt like I was like quitting in a sense because I was like, dad, like I... I've talked to my dad many times and he was like, no, like, just stay like, it'll get better. So we had that conversation. Like I got the same answer from my dad being like, no, just stay. It'll get better. Just keep working hard to a point where like after five times I sat down with him, I was like, dad, come on. Like, like, I don't want to quit. Like, I know I'm worth, like, I will be like a great part of a different team. Like, I think I need to just like find a new home because like I gave him so many reasons and like, after a while he started seeing how like I became like just drained mentally and like 
athletically just like not really like loving soccer which was like crazy for him to see because I've been like breathing soccer since I was like 10 so he finally like saw like the impact that it kind of had on me but like it was definitely a tough decision for my dad because more so like my family couldn't really ever afford college so knowing that college for me so knowing that I got like a great chunk of money to attend the school like was a big reason why my dad was like Nita like you should just stay because like we can't afford like school anywhere else so you got a good like amount of money like you should just stay and like kind of like suck it up and I was like dad like I understand that but like I could find that money in a different program still excel as a soccer player and be better mentally and like it would affect it would like change a lot of aspects of my life that were just like completely going bad so I remember coming home um I think it was in the spring after my meeting with my coach and like nothing came out of that meeting and I remember I drove all the way home like an hour and 15 minutes my dad and like I just cried to him and was like dad like this is it like you can either like help me out or I'm just gonna enter the portal myself like I am no longer taking an answer other than yes you can enter the portal so we talked and he was like you know what like fuck it do it and I was like okay why not like I kind of had to make that leap to get change and like me making that leap and transferring to a different program was probably like the best deci- best decision I've ever made in my entire life. And like, I like to think back and be like, wow, like if I never did that, like, I don't know where I'd be, like how I would be as an athlete or like even like as a person mentally. So it was great that my dad, like obviously supported me with like everything, no matter what. And I ended up having a meeting with my coaches and I was like, hey, like, this school, this program just isn't for me. Like, it was really tough leaving behind my friends. Like, they were all, like, my best friends. And, like, the coaches were really good people. And, like, I had so many friends at that school. Obviously, I've been there for two years. Like, so leaving all that behind was, like, very tough for me. But at the end of the day, like, I kind of had to do that if if I wanted to play soccer and, like, just, like, feel better as a player and a person. So it was a sacrifice that I had to make. But it granted me like the best things I have in my life currently. So I would never like, if like anyone was to ever like be skittish about entering the portal, like I would tell them just like do it. Cause like, there's so many great things that come out of it. And like everything I have today, I would never have if I didn't make that sacrifice of like leaving behind all the things that like I left behind. Even yeah, though and was- I just think <laughs> that like what you just said too. And I obviously I want to talk about the portal even a little bit more. Yeah maybe the type of bites that you got when you put your name in there, but what you just said, like you have been making tough decisions. I feel like, or decisions that you feel like what's best for you and your future and what you want since you were younger and playing in all these different leagues and all these different tournaments and traveling to all these different States. Like, so when you say like, you know, making tough decisions, I think you've learned at a very young age about sacrifice and decision-making and doing what's best for you. And I think that's what stands out about like, obviously you as an athlete and how you perform, but also like your mental psyche or your mental toughness as an athlete. And that's something that I know a lot of high school coaches preach is that mental toughness aspect because things aren't always going to work out perfect. And just listening to you and hearing your decision-making and how you talk about that, um, 
yeah, you have a lot of maturity and you've been doing that for a really long time. So give yourself a lot of credit or maybe even more credit than you do give yourself for for that. Because um, what I'm hearing is you're just doing what you think is best for you. And you're not here shedding a negative light and saying, oh, this didn't work out because of blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You're just saying it wasn't what's best for me and I had to find what was best for me. So I just wanted to say that because I just was listening to you talk and I'm like, wow. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I also like feel it was not only like a decision like I had to make for myself but like also my dad like just to talk a little bit about my dad like he's made the ultimate sacrifice since I was little to like pay for all my soccer like he's paid for all my soccer trips my showcases like every event to put me in front of like the biggest schools and like even like little schools like I remember my dad would like drive me and pay for all my camps like Boston University or like Holy Cross or like UMass Amherst like he would always like even work like he was a correctional officer and he would just work overtime and like I remember he would like leave work early sometimes just to like bring me to my soccer games or like even drive me to Boston three times a week was a lot back and forth like gas food like he would sacrifice a lot of his time and like growing up like I have two other brothers and like my mom like struggled with substance abuse since I was little so like she didn't really have a job so it was really my dad and just my dad like I know he probably went through so much stress with like his job and like he ended up getting um diagnosed with cancer like halfway through my um high school so high school career so I remember like even though like he was like struggling like he always supported me with soccer and like even like every reason like he kind of gave me to like not leave Merrimack especially because of financial reasons like I still would respect because I'm like you're right dad like you have done the ultimate sacrifice for me with soccer and like I can understand why you think that's a better decision but like maybe I can find a program that will help us out financially and like so you'll be able to see me play soccer like I think the one thing that like broke my heart like about my dad's sacrifice and like me transferring was that my dad like it hurt my dad to like it hurt me to know that my dad like would come to all my games at Merrimack and sometimes like I'd be told I was going to play and then I wouldn't play and my dad would come straight from chemo and he'd be so tired and like sick and he would just like come to watch my games and like it would make me so sad because I'm like, even like if I'm not, even if I'm playing like 20 minutes, my, my dad would still drive all the way from wherever just to come to my games. Like he would never complain about driving or the money or anything. And he would always come to my games no matter how he was feeling or even if he would come after treatment. So I really wanted to kind of play for my dad too. Like I obviously play for myself because I love the game, but a big part of why I still play is like, because of my dad, like he's made, as I said, the like, craziest sacrifices and like financial sacrifices for me to play soccer so I really wanted to be able to like continue my soccer career so he could come watch me play and I remember like scoring my first goal at SNU which was like my first college goal because like I played at Merrimack but I never really scored a goal but I always really wanted to for my dad and I remember my dad was there watching on TV and he was going crazy because he was so excited like and it was just like the best feeling ever like knowing that me and my dad could kind of connect again through soccer because now I'm like playing and I'm getting the minutes and like I'm getting that experience and like it just felt like I was like giving back to him through everything like he's done no matter how he's feeling or what situation like our family was in so that like always like was in the back of my head and still is like when I play like I usually like write down my dad's like name and like my family's name on my like wrist tape that we do before like games and stuff because like he's just a big part of my soccer and I feel like sometimes I don't tell him enough 
But yeah, well, he's gonna love that. Like speaking from someone who has, I have twins that are four, and I have a daughter and a son, and like I like um, I play with them like nonstop and take them everywhere because I know one day like it's not gonna be cool anymore. Like hanging out with dad <laughs> is just not gonna be cool, and that's gonna be a hard day for me. So for your dad, like. Yeah, he makes that sacrifice because, like, he loves you. Like, he's mm-hmm. just, like, it's unconditional. And you'll understand one day if you ever have children, like, there's just it's just a different feeling. It's crazy. People say that. And I used to roll my eyes and people said, like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> but now I get it and I understand that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, you you entered the transfer portal. And it's great because, I, you know, I hear such mixed reviews about that across different division. I mean, different conferences, different divisions um, and, you know, what coaches and people's opinions about it. And, you know, to me, I th- I mean, I think it's fun. It's like college free agency in a way. Uh, yeah. So I think it's fun in that way. But, you know, I also look at it and say there's many kids who go to college and they decide that they want to go to school for something. And maybe a year into going to school for that, they change their majors because they realize that's something that's not best for them or what they want or don't like or whatever reason. So the same thing can be true for a college or a high school kid who's making a decision about a program and they're basing it off of tours or what coaches are saying to them or what they look like in that program. So you're trying to make a decision based off of maybe a weekend visit, going to see them in a game, having a few talks with coaches or maybe being in touch with one specific coach. So it, it's like sometimes, yeah, like you make a decision, you realize maybe this wasn't the best one for me that I thought it was. And I think it's great that athletes have that ability for those reasons to then say, hey, let me maybe look back at a few programs that were interested in me and see where they're at. Or let's see what type of schools give me a bite. When you put your name in there, what did it look like for you? So it was honestly a really tricky situation because I decided a little late after spring so I was like constantly back and forth like scared to have the meeting with my coach but like I knew what my decision was was but I was just like not trying to have that conversation with my coach so then I finally did which I and and then I entered the portal like three days after it like closes it was a weird situation because I entered I think like May 4th and the portal like closed or something at May 1st so a lot of schools didn't have like money to give me or I remember I was told like I had to get a waiver to go D1 so but the waivers were no longer accepted after May 1st so I entered like really late like a month late and it was kind of stressful because obviously I couldn't go D1 which probably worked out anyway but and then a lot of the schools that were reaching out to me we're like, oh, like, we would love to have you here. And I was like, okay, like, can we talk about, like, financials? And they're like, oh, like, I wish you would have told us earlier. Like, we don't have a lot of financial money to give out. And that was one of my main – that was one of the main things I was looking for in my next school. Like, obviously a good soccer program and all that, but, like, I needed financial money because I lost, like, a, right, I lost all of it when right. I went – when I left Merrimack. So that definitely was stressful, like, the financial part. But I got, like – I would email a bunch of coaches too. And like, they would obviously email me back like schools that I looked at before I went to Merrimack and like, there was different like coaching changes, which kind of like made me mad a little bit. So it was a little stressful for me, like obviously entering late and like financial parts, but 
if I entered like right away, like I bet it would have been a breeze because it wasn't even that bad. Like everyone would always be like, oh my God, like the portal. Like, and I was like, oh, like it's it's not that bad. Like I would get like five emails a day, like maybe more. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like this is kind of cool. Like oh. it wasn't like terrible. So that's why like when people always ask me like, hey, like how was your like experience? I'm always like, it honestly wasn't bad. Like I'm, I landed like the perfect program I could possibly be at. Like you have like, I had a good amount of time. Like I had a couple months to like, so I was constantly on Zoom calls or like meetings with coaches and like on the phone or like I went to some like schools to visit. So it wasn't really bad at all. Yeah. So I would like recommend that for anyone who's like thinking about it. Like it was not as bad as like people make it seem to be. Was there any school that reached out to you that you were like, damn, like I would have never thought that? There were a lot of schools. So I didn't reach out to any like Southern schools, but like in the back of my head, like I would love to like now that I like kind of grew from my high school mentality, like I would love to go to a Southern school. Yeah. And there were some schools like Tampa or like Florida Southern and like schools like that that were like reaching out to me. And I was like, wow, like I kind of want to go to Florida. Like I wonder like how that is or like Barry and I would reach out to like. Well, it was mostly Division two schools because I didn't have the waiver. So that kind yeah. of made me mad. But I was like, whatever, like I'm just going to ball with what I have. And those schools are really good at soccer. So I really like kind of looked into them and then but I was like oh like I kind of do want to stay home because I want my dad to come watch me play because like that is yeah. a reason why I essentially transferred so there was a lot of schools from the south that reached out to me that I was like oh like maybe this is like my opportunity like God's telling me like go get tan and go see the sun instead of New Hampshire but that's not like how it worked out but there was some schools where I was like damn like even some like D1 schools were reaching out to me too. And I was like, I can't like really do anything. Like if I was to go, like I would have to sit the whole entire fall and then maybe the spring, according to like compliance when I like spoke with them on the phone. So I was like, is it really worth me? Like, I just want to play at this point. So is it really worth me going to like a, say like going to high point and sitting out my whole entire fall season, watching all these girls play. It's a new team. Like I want to be on the field and play and then train all spring and then only have like one year. So I was like, I kind of had to put not my ego away and be like, oh, but like, I just came from a D1. Like I deserve to be at a D1. Like I went, I was at a D1, but I just went to a D2 that could be many D1 schools. So I was like, honestly, like I need to do like the smarter option, which was like obviously playing division two, having a full fall to like understand the team, the coaches, like get in the rhythm of everything. And then play with them in the spring, have a full another year. And now I have fifth year if I ever want to transfer out or anything or so it, it, it worked in my favor. And like, I kind of asked for anything better. Yeah. And that's great. And to hear that, because like I said, it's sometimes you, you make a decision based off what you think is right. And maybe mm -hmm. realize that it's not, or changes happen within the program that you're just unaware of at the time. And there's a million different reasons. Um, but, you know, and you mentioned, obviously, when you scored your first goal and your dad was watching on TV and how excited he was. I mean, that must have been a moment for him in the sense of like, those must have been tough conversations that you two were having with one another. And I'm sure you didn't always see eye to eye on those, <laughs> in those conversations. So for you to maybe kind of saying I'm fighting for my happiness more than anything versus looking at the financials of it, I'm sure that goal and to see how happy you were. It was probably a release or a relief or 
a moment of like, okay, this was the best choice. Like, I'm glad this mm-hmm. happened. So I think that was really cool too. Sorry, we overlooked that one, but I thought that when you were saying that. So um, now, I, and I hope I have my timeline right here. So you were, did you, you get injured when you were at SNU or did your injury happen before you went to SNU? So it happened at SNU, like at six SNU. or seven games into my season. Okay. So I want to talk about that because that's our connection on the podcast. And truthfully, all of our guests this week, all of our collegiate athletes, um, it, it, it is truly exceed. And even you spider webbing for us a little bit too, <laughs> as well with guests. Um, but we're having on some real top notch collegiate athletes um, and getting some really great stories and just like continuing with yours today uh, has been great. Um, but you know, you, you had a, a serious injury uh, that you obviously needed to recover from and you went to exceed uh, you know, our guys exceed, like we had exceed on our podcast and like Sean and Miguel were great. I think Miguel reached out uh, to me and, you know, we kind of did, we chatted back and forth. I did a little bit of homework and, you know, I think that, that facility is is tremendous. The science they have, the um, I mean, Miguel like on his social media is like squatting like a Volkswagen nowadays. <laughs> like he's unreal. Um, but like it is, uh, it's cool to hear that you worked with them. And you know, I, I told them, I said, any way that I can plug you guys, and you know, to see the athletes that they worked with and the success. I mean, we had on Hector Johnson from Endicott. And to see like a year that he worked with him and the jump from his freshman to the sophomore year mm-hmm. was tremendous, like statistically across the board. Yeah, so, crazy athlete. you know, and for you, it's kind of a different realm of recovering from an injury there. So just talk about your experience at Exceed. I know you said you could talk about them forever, but recovering <laughs> from this injury and maybe even coming back stronger than you once were before the injury. Yeah. So I started going to Exceed. Someone recommended to me because I used to just like always go to the gym and I'd be like, oh, like, I feel like I need more like specifically soccer stuff. So I started going to exceed and it's been the biggest like change in my like athletic career ever. Like I have gone stronger, faster, skinnier, like it's just been unreal, like an unreal experience for me, especially going to preseason. Like I've never been so like in shape and like I feel like everything like it's like I didn't even take anything like any time off from soccer so obviously in October I was playing in a game and I landed the wrong way and I partially tore two ligaments in my ankle and I kept playing on it for a little bit because like I was like oh like I'll be fine so I came into exceed to show Sean my ankle and he was like yeah that's fucked like it's mm-hmm. bad and I was like yeah. so I started going to Miggy Miguel I call him Miggy but yeah, I started yeah. going to Miguel like twice a week. So I would drive from New Hampshire down to Westboro, which was like an hour and 45, like twice a week after practices just to get my ankle worked with. And you felt like that drive, like you're so used to driving that this facility, this spot was just worth it for you. Yeah. Oh, I would never like the only reason I would ever, cause I don't really like driving, especially with like a hurt ankle. Like it was throbbing the whole entire time, but I, I would make that drive because I knew like I was going to get like everything out of it. Like I would go to Miggy twice a week and he would like, he's just so like smart and like understanding about everything that goes on with like the human body. Like he knew exactly how to like tweak my ankle a certain way and like pull it this way and then press on this to like, like, it was just like I've never had like best better like physical therapy. Like it was like better than physical therapy. Like 
I wish I could explain it, but like he's so good at what he does. And like my ankle was so down bad. And then a matter of like four or five months, like I could like do normal soccer stuff again. Like obviously I was really rusty and like, but he got so much like range of motion out of my ankle, like the swelling down, like it was swollen for like weeks. Like it was just bad. And he somehow like, I, I always tell people like he worked magic on my ankle. No. Like, I don't think I would like if I didn't see him, like, I don't think my ankle would even be close to being the same. Cause like, it was just like, it just like, didn't feel like it was like a part of my body anymore. Like it was just like so disconnected. And like, I felt also mentally disconnected from my ankle. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I remember talking to him about it. So like he would do different like breathing exercises or like he would work on my hips to get my hips like in line so that my ankle like he just like knows like everything and anything about like the human body and it just really helped me like recover he's he's, like so sophisticated i feel like even when he was on us as a guest like he like i'm listening to him talk and sometimes i'm like i don't know what he's kind of talking about like (laughs) some things i did and some things i didn't but you i was like i'm listening to somebody who is so passionate about what they're talking about and they're so good at what they do that even though I'm not totally comprehending a hundred percent what they're saying. Oh, that's me too. <laughs> I'm in awe of just like being like, wow, like this guy could just talk about this. And I love when people do something or a part of something and they can just talk about it. Cause I look at them and mm-hmm. I'm like, this person loves what they do like mm-hmm. they could talk about it all day every day non-stop with anybody like that mm-hmm. stuff's cool and that's the vibe i got from him for sure like for sure yeah um, and and yeah you can tell he's tremendous at what he does so uh you went there obviously the hike to you was worth it mm-hmm. um and obviously they spoke extremely highly of you i mean they threw your name out there to me as someone to take a look at and mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't wrong in, in in that. So, you know, recovering from an injury, just like talking maybe quick a little bit about it mentally, because you're a pretty mentally tough person. I mean, obviously these decisions you've made to these points to get you to where you were and then obviously getting an injury uh, halfway into your season or a little less than that. Um, was there any thought process that crossed your mind of like, did I just make the wrong decision? I came here and played half a season to hurt myself. And maybe not, right? But if so, just like the mental aspect of now I need to recover from this serious knee injury, um, another obstacle for me. Yeah, it was definitely hard because I kind of looked at it being like, all right, like I just came here. Like I like have scored goals. Like I've contributed to the team. Like I finally feel like I'm a part of the team. Like the coaches are amazing. Like I've never been a, better like player before and I just feel so like myself and then the injury happened and I was so like down bad mentally and it just like kind of hindered a lot of aspects of my life and I felt like I was like spiraling again like I was at Merrimack but I like remember sitting down in the trainer's office and I was just like all right like need it like you need to breathe and I just remember journaling and being like this is a different experience like I it made me feel better knowing that I got the injury like because I was like working hard and like I was like playing so it was definitely different than like everything at Merrimack but I remember having to like sit on the sidelines and like cheer on my friends like cheer on my teammates like obviously I like loved seeing them do good but like 
there were so many times where I was like, oh, like, I wish I could just like play. Like, I just want to play yeah, so bad. Sweet, jump so like, like it like was kind of like throwing a bone in a dog's face and just like teasing it. And I was like, oh, like, and like, obviously I wanted to practice. Like my coach is like an awesome coach. Like he ran like insanely good practices and like things that I would watch. And I'd be like, oh, like I would benefit from that so much. Like, I wish I could just play. And I remember too, like, Mickey told me, he's like, Nita, like, if you want your ankle to be better, like, you got to kind of stay off of it, like this and that. I'm like, yeah, like, of course. And then I go to practice and I would juggle the ball a little bit. My coach is like, are you supposed to be doing that? I'm like, no, but I just can't sit still. Like, I just love soccer. I want to play. Like, I want to play with my teammates. Like, we ended up, like, doing, like, really good in the season and, like, going to, like, um, like the – what is it called? Like the NCAA, like regional games. We made like regionals and stuff like that. And like, I just wanted to be a part of it, like as a player and like, just like watching from the sidelines and like just being passionate about like my team and like everything. Like I was like, Oh, like, I just want to play. So like, it was definitely a lot mentally, but constantly going to exceed and like talking to Sean and Maggie and like, they're like, Nia, like you're fine. Like come in twice a week. And like, as I started seeing a, like um seeing my ankle get like better it kind of gave me more hope and like I would be able to do things more like I remember the first time I could walk on the treadmill like incline like I was like literally throwing a party for myself I was like this is awesome amazing like and getting more like range of motion and like when I saw the swelling and bruising go down like I would get like happy rather than like I just kind of had to turn up the level of like mental toughness and be like all right like this is something that I can't control it's an uncontrollable so like I can't sit and like whimper about it like like you know like I want to be able to go on the field and like play again so like I need to do what I can because that's all I can do at the end of the day like I can't stress about things I can't control but like so my recovery process and like driving to exceed and like having Miggy and like Sean help me out with like band exercise and all that really helped me and just even having them to talk about like they're just such good people. Like I could sit there and talk to them about anything. Like I could yeah. tell them my life from when I was a kid or anything. And they would just listen and like help me out. Like Sean's been kind of like the biggest, one of the biggest like influences in my life as a person. Like he's taught me so many things as like a person, athlete, like it's just, he's kind of like, like a father figure to me. Like I can go to him about anything and I know that he would either help me out or find a solution for me. Yeah. So knowing that I had him to talk to and like Miggy and it was just like a different, like it definitely was exactly what I needed for the mental state that I was kind of in. Cause I was so frustrated and overwhelmed, but like, that was like a good, like neutral space for me to just kind of like chill out. And I think I took like my injury, like way better than I would have, if it was like, say at Merrimack or someone else, like knowing that I had the people in from exceed and like, even my coaches and teammates were just super. Cause they knew like, that was gonna be hard on me. Like I just came to this program. Like I told my coaches, like, I want to do good. Like I want to perform for you guys. Like, I just want to be the best player I can be. And like, they helped me like get there and still continue to do so. And then they saw me get an injury and I was just so down on myself. And like, we had a meeting, we talked about it and they're like, all you can do is just recover. So I remember like slowly getting back into it. And like, I couldn't do contact, but I was on the sidelines, like dribbling through cones and stuff. And like, just like getting something instead of like nothing. Right. Just getting, trying to get work out of it. And I think you even being there too, and maybe just seeing 
coaching and style and how you Mm -hmm. guys are playing seems like you were a sponge and absorbing that too yeah and like my coaches like uh when I say like I hit the jackpot transferring to snoo like these are the best coaches like I have ever had like so like it was just a great environment to be around even if I wasn't playing like I think that made it better like knowing that my coaches and teammates were so support like supportive and like understanding but like also it was just way it was I just took it way better than I feel like I would have in the past is what I mean to say but so like when it became time for like spring soccer I remember and we were getting back into the indoor stuff like that's when I kind of like had another like like mental like not mental breakdown but I remember I was able to do a lot of the stuff indoor and like I was doing it but I felt like I like my ankle just like wasn't connecting with my mind like I would I would know what I'm about to do with the ball and then I would roll my ankle again and I would sit out be so mad and my coaches would be like Nita like take it easy like you're just getting back into the thing like like you gotta take it easier yourself but I think like I'm such a like like go 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 like it's like I'm so like passionate about it that I was like no like I need to like force my ankle to like be good again so it took a lot for me I think the worst part about it was me training my mental and my ankle to like work at the same time like I remember doing like cone drills and stuff and like I was like dude my ankle just doesn't feel like this is my ankle like it literally feels like I don't it was so like stiff and like so it was a lot of like reps and stuff to get my ankle to be like how it used to be like doing certain moves and stuff I remember I was like oh like I used to be able to like do that so well and now I can barely do it without rolling my ankle like I remember indoor soccer I'd roll my ankle like four times a practice and like I constantly would tape my ankle and stuff and I would have a brace and it'd be so thick and my soccer cleats and I'd be so mad and like but it took a lot of like mental strength in that aspect to just be like all right Nita like like each day like you're gonna get better like as long as you continue to do it like go at your own pace like you don't need to go as fast as the person next to you like you got an injury four months ago like yeah and and then and then obviously i'm sure there's the mental aspect of as mentally tough as you do have to be of just cutting on it or moving on it you always have that fear of like it's gonna happen again oh my god if i just do that the wrong way it's gonna pop Mm -hmm. again i'm sure that was on your mind too as well yeah like especially doing contact and stuff like if it was like raining out or some days like it would like hurt really bad. So I would just like, I would, I remember I would tape my ankle and then put the brace over it, but then it would make my ankle so stiff. So I'm like, Oh, it's like hindering my performance, but like it helps me mentally knowing that like I could not snap that, like it would not snap through the tape and the brace. So it was definitely a lot struggling with that whole thing during the spring. And then towards the end of the spring, like it finally got better and like, I would only need to tape it and like, I would do like rehab with my trainer and stuff and I would still go to exceed and do like band work and stuff like that. And like, I would see Sean and Mickey, like I would just like always just stop by. It was like, I practically like live there. Like it was like my home. So like they would always check in on me and like give me advice and like ideas for like things with my ankle and stuff. So it ended up it's full recovery now. So like I couldn't like thank anyone more than like exceed and like even my coaches and teammates and like, all that like it's it was like a lot and like looking back at it now like I am so like appreciative of it all like that it honestly like happened too because I feel like it really tested me 
mentally and like it made me kind of like stronger because like I feel like sometimes like for an athlete like you kind of need that and it made me realize believe it or not like although I loved soccer towards the end of the season like you know like when you're like super like worked up from the season like your body's dead like mentally you're drained like school's just like all of a sudden starting to pick up again you're like oh like I wish like I could be done with soccer and I remember I thought that one time because I was so like bombarded by everything so like sitting out that long made me realize like oh my god like I love soccer like I need to get back on the soccer field like I need this injury to go away it kind of opened up like my like love and like craving for soccer again I feel like that is really going to help me going into the next season because I'm like I will never take that for granted again so I feel like it kind of was like God being like all right Nita like you do you want to be done with soccer then I'll give you this so that like really changed me mentally and my like outlook on like soccer and stuff and like working hard and all that yeah yeah and and for you i mean let's talk about just you a little bit uh beyond the game as as far as a person goes here a little bit obviously extremely mentally tough person decision making that you've had to do you know from a young age and sacrifice and so on for you but outside of that like who are you a little bit outside of soccer i mean what are some things that you're interested in uh you know, sometimes it's like I had a kid on here who was like an extremely good juggler, you know, that like talked <laughs> about it. So, um, you know, any hidden talents, but just like in general, like who you are a little bit more than just beyond the really good athlete that you are as well. Yeah. So soccer has been like majority part of my life. So like I've been really wanting to work with like athletes, like obviously going to exceed, like I see so many different types of like athletes and like divisions and like it just like, and I understand that they're all going through, like, I've talked to like most of them and like, they're going through like mental battles and stuff like that. Like they'll tell me about like their school and like how they love it, how they hate it. Like, and there's a bunch of kids who are always transferring. So I feel like a big part of me has always like really, really wanted to work with athletes. Like I, like my, it's changed now a little bit. Cause I want to work with people in general, but I've just always like loved being around like sports. Like I love like watching baseball games, Mm -hmm. like football games, everything. So I just always wanted to stay and be part of sports like for as long as I could. So I wanted to be like a sports psychologist and work with like NFL players because like I've just read a lot into all that and like having like CTE and like all these issues and like making like millions, but yet like being so like mentally drained as a person, but having to like put out as a great athlete is just like, a crazy like thing for me to think about because like there's athletes out there who are getting paid millions and like they're so like miserable or like sometimes like they have like moments like us college athletes or high school athletes and like no one would ever think that because like why could you be sad like you're making millions like and you're getting all this attention like people wear your jersey around at like the local walmart like why would you be mad like or sad or anything so i feel like that's really like crazy and like the stories i've like seen on like tiktok or like even just like red makes me want to help out like athletes more knowing because like i battled like a lot of mental stuff during like my high school college like club like and even now like as being an athlete like there's so much that goes into it and like people don't really realize like there's so much like stress so like i feel like i'm just a super empathetic person like growing up the way i did with like everything that like went on in like my household and like parents and stuff like I feel like I would just be a very like good person in being like a sports 
like psychiatrist or like therapist or like all of that because like I've kind of had like a good mentor myself like Sean and all these people and like I've had a therapist myself for like sports so like I feel like I would be able to give back the same like advice and like help that I was given when I really needed it so I feel like that's like a big part of me wants to do that but um I just like want to work with people like I'm a sociology major like I used to be a criminology major like I used to want to be a state trooper and my family's law enforcement so I've always been like oh like law enforcement but I realized like towards my end of my sophomore year at Merrimack that like I want to work with people but not in the way like law enforcement works with people like I want to be able to like really really like help people and like obviously like seeing my mom struggle with like substance abuse and like alcohol like it made me want to help more because like I'm like oh my god like this is my mom like I love like she's struggling like there's other people who are also struggling and like since I've been through it like this is like firsthand experience for me like I feel like I would be able to like give back to the to like those who need it like so well because I've been through it with my mom so I feel like that like that has just been a big part of my life and like I've been actually thinking about that more recently like I just want to work with like people like that because I feel like that like hits home to me and like I would be super passionate about it so yeah that's incredible stuff and I feel like yeah and you have such a direction with this too like it's interesting to hear so many people that pursue the game collegiately and almost when their playing career might end how they still want to be so involved and they still want to be involved in an aspect of that game, whether it's that specific game they played or just athletes in general. So it's amazing to kind of hear you say that um, and, and really kind of just know what you want in general. I think that that's kind of the message that I've heard with you today on this podcast for sure. What's like a sports movie for you? Like uh a go-to sports movie like you have a big game big something the night before you're laying down you could pop on a sports movie to get you a little juiced up what movie are you popping on so i'm not like big into tvs or tv shows or like movies like i like don't have the attention span to watch but okay. i remember a couple years ago i watched this movie i think it was called my all-american and it was about a football player and it was like a true story and it was like the first movie i ever cried about like it was like the best movie I've ever seen. Like I still tell people about to this day and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I've never seen that movie. I'm like, no, like it was like the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. I wish I could remember the person that played the main character. Cause I used to like always, people would always ask me like, well, who's the main character? I'd be like, I would know it like right off the top of my head. Cause I would literally practice it. So people would know. Yeah. But it was such a good movie. I don't even know where it's streamed anymore, but it was so good. I'm going to have to look it up. Okay. Okay. I, ne- I personally never heard of it. I like for a second thought you were going somewhere else with it. I was like, no, I never heard of it, but Hey, listen, that's why there's a lot of sports movies out there. There's a lot of mm-hmm. hidden gems that a lot of people don't know of. Uh, that's too funny. Uh, so for you, you know, just like, obviously you, there's a lot of, you know, maturity behind your decision-making and so on and so forth. But for you, um, what would be your advice to young athletes out there that are in the decision-making process of looking at schools or schools are interested in them for athletics, maybe looking at what you were looking at at that time versus maybe what you would look at a little bit right now or look at more knowing the process a lot better 
what would be your advice to those young athletes out there to maybe pay attention to a little bit more? Um, I would say definitely understand that like your mindset now will be different. So say like you're getting recruited as a freshman, your mindset when you're a freshman will be so different than when you're a junior or senior. Like obviously me, like I was like, I want to stay close to home. But then when I hit junior year, I was like, I wish I went to like Florida out of state. So like just understanding that your, your maturity levels will grow. And that also comes with the fact that like, maybe you want to be close to home now, but when you're a junior, like you won't care about like leaving behind what you have here to go start something new. I would say that's a big one. I would also say to make sure your connection with the coach is there. Like I've heard even like this has happened to me during the recruiting process. And like some of my friends, like, have like met they've loved the facilities and everything like it was a perfect match like major and everything they had it but the coaching staff like wasn't really like suited for them and they just didn't have a good relationship so that like hindered as I said mental and athletic performance and like they ended up transferring out so I would say like seeing all the coaches and like talk to all of them and like keeping your options open and then like really understanding like what connect like how good of a connection do you have with the coach because like that sets you up for like how you're gonna like understand like their coaching styles or like how they are and how that will like reflect you and like I just think that's really important to have a good connection with the coach and um there's another thing I had to say and that's really great advice as you're thinking, right? Like you're giving great advice there because I think it is important to understand that you go into a process for the most part. I mean, how familiar were you with the process when you yeah. began it yourself? Like you probably didn't know what coaches <laughs> were going to ask. And sometimes at the high school level, if your head coach is not familiar with the process themselves, like they, they obviously can't offer you much advice or what to do or how to say like whatever. So, you know, you're not familiar with the process really from jump. So giving advice for that, I think is so important of like what you thought was important, maybe knowing now what you think is so important. Yeah. And I would definitely say go where you feel you'll be appreciated and where you're like, you're, you'll be valued and like, you'll get, like everything that you like really need for like your worth because I know all these like kids who want to play division like like sports in any division they're always like no like I'm good enough to go D1 but like at the end of the day like are you going to be valued at the D1 program that you want are you going to be like respected are you will obviously be respected but like are you going to feel like you're getting everything out and like like what you're worth and like will you be like treated like the way you want to be like Cause like, I know a lot of kids that go to D1, but then they sit on the bench for three years and they're like, wow, like, I just want to play at this point. Like a lot of kids, like I know, like a lot of my friends, like I've talked to, like they'll go to a big program, like say they'll go to Maryland to play. And they're like, oh, I'm so cool. Like I'm going to Maryland, like this and that. But like when they go there, they're not valued. They're not, they don't feel appreciated. And then they go through the whole spiral that I went like through at like a program too. So I would really say like, go where the coaches make you feel valued, where the team chemistry and connection is good. Like make sure you see how the team like talks to one another, like how they, how close they are. Cause like, those are going to be the people you're with for the next four years. Like you might as well find a good group. Cause that's going to set you up for how you honestly like play and how you 
because like I know if I went to a program where the girls were just like snobby and rude like it's not gonna make me feel like I'm in a good environment like I'm gonna feel skittish like I won't feel like myself like I'd be scared to make a mistake and like you just don't want that because like you're gonna grow as a player and like you also want to grow with your team because like you're you're gonna win with your team not just you so I would ultimately say like go where you feel like you'll be valued no matter what division it is like if there's a d1 coach being like hey like we'd like to have you on the team but like i don't know if you will play much because like we have other recruits you're not going to feel good about going to that d1 but like a lot of kids go there because they're like oh it's d1 like i can post a commitment post with a cool edit and like kids will be like reposting it and like i'll look cool but then they go there and they're miserable and then they look back and then they'll transfer out to a division two even maybe a different different division one like a higher conference or whatever or a lower conference and they'll be like wow like I should have went here from the jump like I don't care if it's d3 like I'm playing like my coach loves me like I love my team like I'm happy and I'm playing and this is essentially what I wanted out of a college sport so I like would just recommend like going somewhere where like you feel like you can reach your fullest potential and be happy as a student athlete and just overall well-being how are you how are you in the locker room? Like, for instance, just like listen to you talk. I'm just really curious. Like, I, I've been trying to figure that out the entire time. Like in the locker room, for example, let's say you have a tough half or you guys have a, like a couple days of practice that are like, yeah. who are you in the locker room when you're in those situations? So I'm like. I have like really bad ADHD. Like I literally take like Adderall for my ADHD to like focus in class. So like sometimes like for games where I feel like I'm super like stressed, like I'll take my ADHD medicine to just like kind of like lock in. Cause like, I'm like a dog when he's a squirrel. Like if anyone's like fooling around or anything, like I'm, I'm with them. Like I just like can't. So in the locker room, I usually just have my beats on and I have the same playlist. I listen to like the same songs, like I would just find like a, or what are you listening to? What are you listening to? Cause I'm curious. I ask music questions. I just listen to like hard rap. Okay, so you like old school rap or you like new school today rap? Like new, but like sometimes I can even listen to like country to just like calm me down. Okay. So like it's like it's not like your usual like music. Like I listen to like I dabble in everything, even like meditation. Like I'll sit outside the locker room sometimes when I know like I'm really like like stressed about this game. It's a big game. Like I'll go, I, I'll bring my notebook to all my games and I'll just like journal real quickly. And I'll just yeah. write down like affirmations being like, I will play good today. Like I will this and that. And like, I'll listen to my um meditation podcast or whatever. And then, but most of the time in the locker room, like I'm not really like, like a lot of my friends are always like playing around, like are like laughing and like having fun and stuff. And like, I'm having fun, but like if I have the type of fun that they're having, like I won't be able to be focused. You're like not I'm locking very, in. Yeah. 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 Like I'm very different. Like, so like I definitely just have my beats on and I'm sitting there like drinking like my water and just like listening and like, just like kind of picturing like the certain moves I would do in certain situations and just like getting like really focused because like, like one funny joke and like my, my beats are off and I'm like laughing with the girls. I won't be like focused. So it kind of like comes off as like me being like, rude in the locker room but I feel like my team knows like I need to be like really really locked in in order to like play the best that's fair that's fair. yeah as Tom Brady says laser focus right and yeah that's, that's what you I have do. to be um well this I mean it's great I think you know obviously too 
you get you, you can't take yourself too serious either mm-hmm. and i think part of that is finding that balance and the culture that you belong to in the locker room um so you know all around you you're a successful soccer player you've been through a lot of adversity and that's something i know you and i talked about a little bit off air as far as adversity goes um you are like the poster child definition of it um i i want to thank you for coming on here today uh for a lot of different reasons but one i think your story is tremendous and i do mean that not just because you're a guest sitting here with me but i think you show a level of maturity as an athlete and understanding like what you want and understanding sacrifices. I think when we're young and you were talking about specifically with your dad and driving you everywhere and tournaments and games. And, you know, I think about my dad driving me like Sunday morning hockey practice or Saturday morning hockey practice, like six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. in November. And, but when we're young, we don't even think about it as, but as yeah. we get older and, you know, and I think social media helps with that with TikToks and reels of these like mm-hmm. beautiful moments with their kids and their parents and understanding that. Like, I think that changes your overall appreciation and really understanding and seeing the sacrifices that your parents have made. So I think when you look at the decisions that you've made for yourselves as far as your soccer career goes, you've always kind of kept that in mind. And that was like, what was really impressive. You kind of just telling your story today and talking about it. Um, but obviously just to just you finding the value in you and you betting on you and knowing that you wanted more and needed more out of yourself. And you felt like you weren't in the place to get that. And you put yourself into a situation and you get through injury. And again, you fight through that with that mental toughness that you've kind of always had. So I'm extremely impressed. I, I would definitely love to keep in touch. I, everybody that I have on, you know, any clips that you have, even like practice stuff. I know sometimes they catch things or a big game, like send stuff our way. I mean, we showcase a lot of athletes that we have on here that send us like touchdown catches or strikeouts or big hits mm-hmm. or goals or whatever, like, and we showcase it and, and, and the fall we're like, fall slamming like where like i feel like sometimes people are like oh my god when they look at our stories but and we just get so many kids who send us things so you know you're uh like family on the show now so anything you ever want to yeah, show of off or showcase please feel free to do so and uh we'll definitely continue to follow you and see how your season and your career progresses thank you i appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah. so thanks for coming on Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is Beyond Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis. Till next time.